I'm going to invite Simon up now. Why don't we give him a round of applause as he comes? And church, we just stretch out our hands and we'll pray for Si as he comes to share. Father God, we are so grateful for this testimony. Lord, we're so grateful to hear this powerful testimony of what you've done in Simon's life. And Father, we just thank you for him as well. We thank you for his wife, Dee. We thank you for their family who've moved to Wolverhampton, who've come here and set up this church, and they are doing gospel work in our city alongside us, Lord. We are so grateful for their work and for their faith uh, to see you move in Wolverhampton. So Lord, as he comes to share, would you fill him afresh with your Holy Spirit? Lord, would you make his tongue the pen of a ready writer, as your word says? And Father, would you create in us an appetite to receive from him today? And Lord, that this word that he shares might bear fruit for all of us. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, man. Bless you. Thanks, Graham. Hey, good afternoon. It is uh, incredible uh, to, to be with you. Thanks for, for, for the opportunity. God is good, isn't he? Like, so much more um, I, I could say, uh, and that's why um, I, I played that, because it's only four and a half minutes rather than four and a half hours. Graham said you wouldn't um, stay for, for that long. So, um, You know, God has, has totally restored and redeemed what I had broken. Um, and just as Graham said, um, I'm married to Dee now, been married to Dee 14 years, and actually Dee and Graham, they go way back, they used to work uh, at Youth for Christ together uh, way back then, um, and I have two daughters now, one is 12 and one is 6, and my eldest daughter, 12-year-old, is called Cara Grace, because she is a real gift of grace, and then uh, youngest, my 6-year-old, is called Evie Hope. And we called her Evie Hope again on purpose, intentionally, because, guys, there is always hope. You know, Jesus has transformed and, like I say, restored and redeemed everything that, that, that I had uh, destroyed. Um, and it's great getting to know Graham. Happy birthday, mate. Um, yeah, Graham is, like, is not only a gift to this church, but he's a gift to the body of Christ, mate. Just, like, thank you for all you're doing in Wolverhampton, like we started planting at the same time, didn't know each other's names, but your hope city, we're life city. You want to bring hope to the city, we want to bring life to the city. Those two things are good, aren't they? We're, we're co-laborers, like in, in the gospel, but also Graham's wife, who's out there doing the kids' work as well. They are both a gift um, to, to this body here, and yeah, just honor them, like bless them, pray for them. I know how hard it is uh, planting a church. My wife, Dee, does all the kids work in, in, in our church and, and that too. Um, it's Ruth, isn't it? Yeah. Fantastic what you shared at the beginning before communion because I just want to elaborate on, on that uh, a little bit more. So, so God must be speaking and, and, and opening uh, uh, things up. Um, have you ever had one of those weeks? You ever had one, one of those weeks where everything goes wrong? Like when everything just seems to be crashing in upon you. And then guess what? It all comes at once. Anyone had one of those weeks or, or, or is it just me? Actually, you might have just had one last week. And, and maybe if you haven't had one recently, I guarantee you'll have one in the future. And guys, that's not prophetic. That is just life. Bad news after bad news. Anyone had that? If you've not had a bad week, what about a, a bad day? 
But how's your weekend been come to that? I know some of you have been celebrating, which is uh, really nice. Now, yesterday I had a phone call at 7 o'clock in the morning. We've got um, uh, an elderly couple, an elderly man in, in, in hospital right now, New Cross Hospital, and I'm heading there straight uh, after this service. It's probably end of, of, of life uh, for him and his family uh, are gathered in a, in a hospital room uh, right now. Um, and I woke up to that 7 o'clock yesterday and went over and, and prayed for him and, and all of that. And as a church, we're keeping them in our prayers. That was yesterday. And then today is Graham's birthday. Today should have been my youngest brother's birthday. He would have been 44, but he died four years ago uh, as a result of alcohol uh, addiction. And he left two daughters as well, who are the same age as my oldest daughter, Cara Grace. And and I miss him every day. So when you hear my testimony, like we were from uh, a real dysfunctional family, but God has totally transformed that. You know, we're all going to have bad days, bad weeks, and we'll all go through some bad stuff, and it's tough, and I'm not denying that. But aren't you thankful for buts in the Bible? Like, and we hold on, and we can hold on to God's word. 2 Corinthians 4, and, and it's the Apostle Paul who says this, verse 7. It's not coming up, don't worry. But he says this, but we have this treasure inside of us to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. You know, if you've had a tough week, or if you will, when you will have one in the future, but you're in good company. You're in good company because Jesus had one too. And that's what we're going to look at this afternoon. And it's a result of his tough week that not only can we endure ours, but I really believe have victory in them, in the difficulty. It's a result of his tough week that that we can have eternal life and a relationship with God, our Father, once more. And, you know, as we enter Holy Week, Passion Week, I want us to look at the days that build up to Friday. Is that okay? And to see what we can learn from them. From them. You see, we're, we're greater at closing the gap, sometimes skipping ahead to, to Easter Sunday. But I want to show you this, this afternoon how Jesus lived in the gap. I don't know about you, but some Christians, Christians I know, they, they love the phrase, Friday's coming. Fr- Friday, but Sunday's coming, sorry. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Like, they love that. And I understand that, I really do. Resurrection Sunday, we will celebrate. But today is, is Palm Sunday, and we're great at, like, skipping past all of that. And actually, for me, as I've, I've looked at this story again, it's like, it's for Jesus, it's, it's Sunday, but Friday's coming. Guys, it's flipped. It's Sunday, but Friday's uh, coming. From Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, there's a, there's a huge gap. Um, and on Palm Sunday, amid all the celebrations, Jesus knew Friday was coming. Jesus knew the people who applauded him on Sunday, on this day, would be shouting, crucify him come Friday. You see, for Jesus, it's Sunday, but Friday's coming. 
And Jesus rode triumphantly into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. The the crowds praised, praised him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. John 12 and verses 12 to 18 from the, from the ESV um, say this. Yeah. The next day, the, the large crowd that had come to, to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. Did you notice that? They missed scripture right there, that prophetic uh, word. Verse 17, the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. That's important. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard that he had done this sign. And I pray God will add his blessing to his most holy and sacred words. Let me just give you some context here. Um, See, in the previous chapter of John's gospel, Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. Like an incredible miracle and word gets out. Jesus' popularity increases. And Jesus, he, he had to disappear for a bit because the Pharisees plot to kill him. The Bible says that they want to kill Lazarus too. Can I just let you into my thinking, you know, as I'm reading this and I'm like, you, you better kill Jesus first. Because, because if you don't, he'll, he'll just lay, raise Lazarus from the, the dead again. And as I'm reading this again, I, I see two things, two things from this uh, uh, chapter here. And it's, the first one is this, guys, it is easy Easy to praise Jesus when everything's going well. Easy to praise Jesus when everything's going well. You know, when we feel blessed, when we've had amazing answers to prayer, it's easy. And the crowd are gathered here on on Palm Sunday, mainly because they've heard about the miracle of Lazarus, that he's been raised from the dead, and they're shouting, Hosanna. Hosanna means save me. You see, they want a bit of that. They want Uh, that miracle. The irony is that just five days later, that celebration turned to crucifixion. See, what I also notice is it's also easy to blame, to curse, and to doubt Jesus when things don't go so well. And you know, as a pastor, I, I see the second one a lot. See, many people, they just, they just want to sign And many people are chasing the hand of Jesus instead of uh, seeking the face of Jesus. And I've also heard uh, people ask if if God is punishing them for something that they've done wrong when they go through difficulty or or for something that they haven't done. Let me just say this. Listen, God never punishes his children. Like he disciplines them. But he put all of his punishment on Jesus at the cross. This is what this week leads to. 
So, so we see in this passage there are fans of Jesus. They're, they're on a high, things are good, all is well. And it's easy to applaud when things are good, isn't it? But know this, guys, Jesus isn't after your applause. He's after your surrender. And a thought that has come to me over these last two days is this. Uh, Hosanna means nothing unless it becomes a hallelujah. Uh, Hosanna means nothing unless it becomes a hallelujah. See, uh, Hosanna just means save me. It's, it's quite fickle. A uh, hallelujah is faithfulness uh, and trust in Jesus for, for who he is. So here's the litmus test. When you face failure, are you still faithful? When you face failure, are you still faithful? You see, as we've said, fans are fickle, but followers are faithful. Do you trust him with everything when everything goes wrong? Or does everything change for you in that moment? Is Jesus in control when you go through difficulty? Really? Really? We'd like to say he is, but if we're truly honest this afternoon, sometimes our actions and our thought processes say something different. You see, like I said earlier, we, we tend to jump ahead, don't we, when, when things are going bad for us. Is anyone with me? You see, we jump to often, don't we, the, the, the worst case scenario. Anyone else do that? I call it the, the what if syndrome. What if my health doesn't improve? What, what if I can't do this? What if they don't like me? What if I don't get that job? What if I'm single all my life? What if he leaves me? What if she leaves me? What if I don't get out of this hospital room? What if I get hurt? What if you're not with me? Guys, what's your what if question? What's your what if question? And I'm not saying don't ask some of those questions, but what I am saying is don't make them your first question. Because when we do, we, we take back control. But know this, God is always asking us to, to trust that he's in total control. And so for me, our first question should be, God. What are you doing in my life right now? I don't understand this, and this is really difficult. But God, what do you want me to learn? God, what do you want me to know about my future? I really don't understand things right now, but I will put my trust in you. Then these words, even if. You know, some of us as Christians, we need to change our what if to even if. Our what if to even if. And then see how you change, maybe not the situation. See, this is a sign of maturity. This is a sign of being a follower and not a fan. This is a sign that you're not like the Palm Sunday crowd. Guys, you never were meant to be part of the crowd. You're supposed to stand out from the crowd. So I want to encourage you, don't follow the crowd. Don't live like the crowd. Let's live for an audience of one. And let's be faithful. 
You see, when all is said and done, and we face Jesus face to face, say he's not going to come up to you and say, well done, my greatest fan. He ain't going to do that. He ain't going to give you a high five and say, thank you, my greatest fan. What he will say and what I'm, ah, the words I'm longing to hear is, well done, my good and faithful servant, steward, follower. You can change the word. And here's the thing. When you do that, you're not looking to Jesus for what you can get. You look to Jesus because in him, everything's been met. So after Sunday, guys, Palm Sunday and the crowd comes Monday. And celebrations don't last forever, do they? Unfortunately, Graham's is going to come to an end after today. I believe there's still a card and, and, and money as well. Don't just sign it, put money in there. He told me to say that. <laughs> celebrations don't last forever. And neither do the crowds who were once, once with you. You know, Monday was a difficult day for Jesus. You know, after the high of Sunday, it all comes crashing down on Monday. Unfortunately, some ba- it's Monday tomorrow. He's looking forward to it. Go- I'm joking. Uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to us, though, when it comes to Christians, hey, it's easy to be sanctified on a Sunday, isn't it? As we come together to celebrate, to, to praise and to glorify Jesus. We're all sanctified on a Sunday, but the rubber hits the road on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, etc. And after the high of Sunday, Jesus is angry and frustrated on Monday. He returns to Jerusalem again, this time with his disciples. And this time he's not on a donkey, he's on foot and without the crowds. And he curses a fig tree on the way because it doesn't bear fruit. He then arrives at the temple and he finds the courts full of corrupt money changers and he is angry. He overturned their tables, uh, the Bible tells us, declaring, my temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. And a very different day to the previous one. Guys, this is Monday, but Friday's coming. Then on Tuesday, Jesus and his disciples, they they revisit the fig tree on their travels. And it's here that Jesus teaches them about their faith. See, there was a purpose for what he did. There is always a purpose to what Jesus did. And Tuesday got worse for Jesus. He, He went back to the temple where the religious leaders, they aggressively challenged his authority. They tried to ambush him and get him arrested. But Jesus, this time, evaded their traps. And it was on this day, Tuesday, that he spoke directly to these religious leaders. Uh, He told them that they looked good on the outside, but they were dead on the inside. That they were filled with hypocrisy and they were actually leading people astray. Remember the words he uses? You snakes, you brood of vipers, he, he called them. It's also thought on Tuesday, that was the day that Judas negotiated with the Sanhedrin to betray Jesus. It was another tough day for for, for Jesus, but it was for purpose. See, it's only Tuesday, but Jesus knows Friday's coming. And it may be here that you're in a difficult place in life too. 
And life can be extremely tough for us all at times. You know, if you've ever felt like everything or everyone's against you, if you've ever been hurt or are hurting right now, it's here that I want you to know that Jesus knows your pain. Why he, he, he feels your pain? Because he endured pain. The cross reminds us of that. And you can take comfort in, in that this afternoon, knowing that Jesus is close to you because he knows pain all too well. Actually, he bore your pain, so he knows it personally. He's close to you. He's holding you, and he will guide you if you allow him, if you will trust him. See, Jesus faced tremendous pain in this week, and it's what he did on Wednesday that I think could really help us when we go through some stuff. You see, on Wednesday, there's, there's nothing really recorded in Scripture and it's known as Silent Wednesday. And scholars, they believe that Jesus spent Wednesday with his closest friends. See, after two exhausting days, of, of those days crashing in, um, he, he chose to rest knowing what was ahead. And check this, he rested with those he trusted. Did you get that? That's kind of important. Make a note of that. He rested with those he trusted trusted he was with his disciples and it's thought that he stayed at mary and martha's house two of his closest friends see we can learn a lot here especially when the pressure's on when we're hurting when we're angry or we're stressed guys it's important to pause to breathe and to rest and to spend time with those we trust i also believe on this day that jesus spent time with his father he did that throughout the bible didn't he especially at significant moments we're told time and time again that he withdrew we need to grasp this process we need to withdraw sometimes and spend time with god we make we need to make sure that this is the first thing we do and not the last thing we do especially when the pressure's on we need to withdraw Go to God first and then go to the person you trust the most to. So you don't have to struggle alone. Jesus shows us that right here. And check this, if the saviour of the world doesn't have a saviour complex, then neither should we. So find a friend, a family member, another Christian that you can just sit and be with. People who love you, who will support you and stand with you and pray for you. People who you can just be silent with if needed. But make sure you take time to rest. This was important to Jesus in this significant week. So it has to be important to us. Guys, it's Wednesday, but Friday's coming. On Thursday, Monday, Thursday, Jesus with his disciples prepare for the Passover feast. And it's one for the disciples that will change everything. Jesus starts by washing their feet to demonstrate how they should serve and love one another. That example is for us today too. Then Jesus shares the, the Passover meal and it's during this, his last supper that Jesus established the Lord's Supper or communion as it's also known. And it's here that Jesus tells his disciples what's to come 
and how uh, they should remember him. It's on this day too that Jesus is betrayed with a kiss. And then later that evening, do you remember what happened later that evening? Jesus sweats drops of blood, praying in agony to his father in the garden of Gethsemane. He's then later arrested and escorted away. An incredibly, incredibly difficult day for Jesus. But as we know, worse was to come. You see, it's Thursday, but Friday's coming. And as we come to Friday, Good Friday, and it certainly isn't good for Jesus. This was to be one of Jesus' most difficult days, but at the same time, his most victorious. See, some difficulties we face aren't actually to destroy us, but to promote us. See, it started in the early hours of the morning with his closest friend, Peter, denying him. Then came his first of many trials where he endured false accusations, condemnation, mockery, beatings and abandonment. This is all before he was sentenced to death by crucifixion, one of the most horrible and disgraceful methods of capital punishment there was. But again, before that, soldiers spat on him, tormented and mocked him and pierced his head with a crown of thorns. He's then forced to carry the cross that he's later to die on to a place called Calvary, where along the way, soldiers mocked him and insulted him further. And then getting to Calvary, they nailed him to the cross. See, Jesus lived in the gap and he endured his worst day so that we could have the chance of a new day. He laid down his life so that we could have eternal life. There will never be a, a greater act of love than this. See, the one who knows you, guys, loves you, uh, completely loves you unconditionally. He died to prove that to you. He died while we were enemies. That's not just good news for us this Passion Week. It's good news for everyone on the planet. And that's what we remember on Good Friday. John 3.16, for God so loved that he gave he gave his one and only son jesus who took on our shame our guilt our sin and he died in our place to purchase our freedom with his blood see jesus faced the anguish of the cross so that we could live in the triumph of the cross friday reminds us of what jesus did for us that's why it's good See, there is a gap from the completed work of the cross to eternity. But because of Jesus, we can live in that gap until eternity. And for me, this is how we do it. Hebrews 12 and verse 2 tells us how. It says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy set before him. It's you and I. And we can live in that gap, knowing this and keeping our eyes firmly fixed on him. Remembering that we're set free and victorious because of the cross. 
And like I said earlier, that doesn't mean everything is going to be a bed of roses. See, bigger people know who their faith is in. Bigger people grow through difficulties because of who their faith is in. A committed faith takes the good and the bad. Knowing that all we are ever promised in the midst of both good and bad is that Jesus will never leave us or forsake us. He'll stand with us. Finish with a story. Might be a bit sweet, but I like really spoke to me. And there's a story of a little girl who, while walking in a garden, noticed a particularly beautiful flower. She admired its beauty and enjoyed its fragrance. It's so pretty, she exclaimed. As she gazed on it, her eyes followed the stem down to the soil in which it grew. The flower, this flower is too pretty to be planted. In, in such dirt, she cried out. So she pulled it up by the roots uh, and ran to a water faucet to wash away the soil. It wasn't long until the flower wilted and died. When the gardener saw what the little girl had done, he exclaimed, you have destroyed my finest plant. I'm sorry, she said, but I didn't like the dirt. The gardener replied, I chose that spot and mix the soil because I knew that only there could it grow to be the most beautiful flower. Guys, God has placed us exactly where we are. And so we must trust him. And it's in the trusting we eventually see that he is using our pressures, our trials, our difficulties to bring us to a new degree of spiritual beauty. See, true contentment comes when we accept what God is doing and thank him for it. Did you hear that? Thank him for it. <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. One final reading, Colossians 2 and verses uh, 13 to, to 15, it says this, if you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them at the cross. Guys, this is what we're building up to. This Passion Week is Friday, where Jesus takes the, the symbol the, uh, of shame. Jesus takes a symbol of shame, the, the cross, and he, and he turns it into a symbol of hope, a symbol of love. And by doing that, he totally destroys the work of the enemy. Everything we once were has been placed onto the cross and nailed permanently there it's gone it's been dealt with it's finished just as Jesus proclaimed so we can live in the gap because we have the power of the cross as it's Sunday but Friday's coming Jesus started this week with us in mind 
You know, he didn't enter Jerusalem triumphantly for your applause. He entered sacrificially to save your life. He knew the bigger picture. He always knows the bigger picture. We know a little bit of the picture because of history. But guys, we can celebrate today on Palm Sunday more more than anything else because we are a part of his story. Guys, let's enter into this week afresh. Let's not take it for granted, but be reminded of everything Jesus went through for you and for me. Let's embrace what God might want to do in us and through us afresh this week. Can we pray? And then we may sing another song. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, on on Palm Sunday, I want to I want to thank you that over 2,000 years ago in a place 2,000 miles away, we were on your mind. It was Sunday, but you knew Friday was coming. And Father, I pray that you would help us to be followers who are faithful and who don't just applaud you, but surrender to you. Thank you that you taught us how to live in the gap how to live with difficulty, and thank you that your Holy Spirit is present with us. Father, I pray that you would help us to to keep looking to you in every area of our lives. Help us to hand over control and not want to be in control. Father, would you help us to embrace this week afresh? Give us fresh insights, fresh wisdom, a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome.